So it's Father's Day. Anybody know that? It's Father's Day. And you know, God has three parts to him. He's three different people. He's Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit. But he's also our Father. And he said to me, he said, I... And that might scare some of you, like, oh, my God, God talks to her. You better hope he talks to me. (laughs) He talks to you, too, or he wants to. But he said, I have some things that I want to say as a father. Am I doing something wrong to get that feedback? Okay. Um, He said, I have some things that I want to say as a father. And some of the things he will say will come out different because they will connect with a man's heart. Some things he will say will come out different because he'll connect with the women's hearts. We're wired differently. But what's important to God the Father is that he touches your heart today. It's just his love gift to you. Maybe you've been away from God. Doesn't matter. You may say to me, you don't know what all I've done. No, you don't understand God's love. You don't understand his love. And that's my prayer today. That he would open your eyes and help you to see who he truly is. He's not what religion has portrayed him to be. And unfortunately, there's a lot of ministers and pulpits today telling lies about God. And it keeps us from wanting to have anything up close with him. But I can assure you, he's not like anyone you have ever met. He does not relate to you like people relate to you. His love is unconditional. No strings attached. Ever, at any time, for any reason, there's no strings attached. If you say to me today, Margie, I don't have any intention of ever serving God. Don't want nothing to do with him. I would say to you, cool, fine. Just open your heart today and at least let him touch you. Would he touch me knowing that I'm not going to serve him? Absolutely. Why? Because it isn't about you. It's about his love. And that's what this whole message is about. It's about his love to you. If you decide to love him back, that's great. If you don't, he still loves you. You know that's good good news, isn't it? But we've tried to serve God and be good so we can get good. But God is just good. And he just wants to do good for you, to you, in your life, because he cares about you. You can't earn it. See, we live in a conditional world where if you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. It's not the way he is. But because of all the pressures of religion, pressures of life, you got to do more, you're not doing enough. We can hide our hearts 
and just perform and just try to survive and have this external world, you know, hey, I I mean, I got a business and I'm doing pretty good and and we live in a nice house and our kids are okay. They kind of turned out all right. and, 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 And this isn't just for fathers, this is for mothers. But what I want to talk to you today about and what he wants to convey is it's about your heart. And you go, okay, there you go, there you go. I knew you were going to say something that would just get me. I I don't have a good heart. Oh, no, you do. In his eyes. Maybe not in your eyes. Maybe not in your spouse's eyes. Maybe not in your children's eyes. But in his eyes. Is this good? Am I in the right place? Okay, I'm tempted to come down, but I'm not coming down. (laughs) I saw those steps there. <laughs> I have to tell you all something funny. I was getting ready. I was getting ready in, in the hotel room this morning, and I, I got my jeans, you know, off the hanger and everything. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I brought the wrong jeans. I go, they're too short for my heels. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, you're going to wear them. Now, some of you may go, oh, your jeans aren't too short. Others might say, your jeans are too long. So I guess it really doesn't matter, does it? I don't even know why I'm telling y'all that. (laughs) Right in the middle of my sermon, what what in the world? (laughs) Some of you are just looking at me really intense, so I thought I would throw a little something in there to make you smile. (laughs) So the title of this today is Repositioned. For restoration. And it's about your heart. I pray that as God speaks to you today, that it would just position your heart. Just between you and him. It would just position. You would like, come on, come on under here and just let him, let him talk to you. The word reposition means to put something back where it belongs. Your heart belongs to God. It belongs there. Your heart belongs to God. You'll never be fulfilled. You will never be happy. You will never have peace. You will never have contentment. I can assure you. I'll be 60 in September. And I know, I don't look it. I know, I know. (laughs) But the older I get, the more I realize. Because I've had success in the natural. I've been a television producer, marketing director, pastor. But I can tell you all of those things, all those things can't fulfill your heart. Those within themselves are empty. Money's just money. It's nice having it, but money's just money. Life is all about relationships. Nothing. I mean, I've been at the bedside of people that didn't have much money, and I've been at the bedside of of millionaires, and they all say the same thing. I wish I'd taken more time with my relationships. And see, this is what this message will do to you tonight or today, whoa, it's not tonight, is it will free you to love. 
it'll free you. Because we can't really love, we can't really love if we don't know we're loved. The other term I like is reset. And I'll say that throughout. And I hope that you don't forget the word reset. And I hope you remember it so that when you start to get under life or you start to feel like God is against you or you, you start to feel like you're not going to make it or that your past and everything you've done is just too much for you to go forward, that you would remember to hit reset. Remember to bring your heart back to his love. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it sure is good. The other thing reset means is to put a broken piece back in the correct position for healing. To put a broken piece back in the correct position for healing. Now, I know some of you may go, well, I'm not broken. I mean, come on, I'm not broken. No, but, but we have hurts. We, we've experienced things in our lives. Now, some people are too hard and too prideful to admit it, but we've all experienced things in our lives. We all have. I have. You have. All this... All this message does today is hits resets, puts you right back under here where you can get the things you need so that you can live the life that you were meant to live. What, what do you mean by restore, Margie? Restore desire. Some of you have had dreams. Some of you have had desire, passion, excitement about life, and it's, some of it's gone. You need that restored. Some of you need relationships restored. Some of you need your heart restored. You're like, I don't love, I don't trust, I just exist. Your career. Some of you've lost lucrative careers. Or you've been waiting on a door and you've been preparing and, and you wonder if it's ever going to come. That's going to get restored to you. Maybe your marriage. You may say, I just kind of exist in a marriage. It's, what am I going to do? It's just the way it is. I can't change him. You may say, I can't change her. We used to have a, more of a love and a connection. God's going to restore that. You're like, you saying a lot of lofty things. God ain't never done none of that for me. Well, today I will show you that in some ways, you're the key to what he's able to do. I'm the key. To what he's able to do in my life. I better hurry here. I'm talking too slow. So 1 John 4.16 says, And we have come to know and believe and trust the unconditional, I put unconditional in there, trust the unconditional love that God has for us. For God is love and whoever believes and abides in God abides in love, abides in God, and God in him. So your first thing you have to do today is you have to believe the love. You have to believe. Your mind will play tricks on you, but you have to believe in your heart that God loves you unconditionally. He loves you. He loves you. Just you, just you. He loves just you. But you have to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you shut it out. And you won't value it. And if you don't value something, you won't give any attention to it.
That's the first thing. You have to believe the love. And that verse says he is love. So what are you doing? You're believing him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, let's just say you're going to take a chance. I'm just going to take a chance on God, just a little bit of chance today. But it's a big risk because I don't really know if I can trust him. That's okay. But you have to also believe that the love is the answer. Every human heart is searching for love. Women will go in and out of relationships, in and out of marriages, just searching, 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 searching for love. And I can say this in marriage, you know, I'm not married, but I do a lot of marriage coaching. Women, you will never find a man that can completely feel that in your heart. He'll do the best he can, but you got to get something here because he'll feel like he's, he, he, he will feel like, like a failure. He'll never be able to give you everything you need. Doesn't let you guys off the hook. You need to do something now. Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't have to do anything. I'm going to get your stuff from God, man. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Ephesians 1, 5 through 7. Because of his love, God had already, now listen to this. Because of his love, God had already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That was what he wanted, and that's what pleased him. God gave that grace to us freely in Christ, the one he loves. In Christ, we are set free by the blood of his death, and so we are forgiven of his sins. If you have asked Jesus into your heart, Everything you've ever done is forgiven. Even what you did this morning. Your sins are forgiven. You're forgiven. Your sins, your sins are they're forgiven. The problem with the body of Christ is we keep bringing up people's sins. We got to like let people move on and heal, Right? You know that's right. So the other believe is you have to believe you're forgiven. If you don't believe you're forgiven, you're going to operate in guilt and condemnation and shame because you still feel dirty, you still feel like a failure, you feel like you can't talk to God, you feel like God is upset with you, you project in your relationships what's going on inside of you, it just messes you up. As hard as it is, and no matter what you've done, you have to be able to look in the mirror and say, because God loves me and because of his grace, I'm forgiven. I don't deserve it. It's free. That's hard. I struggle with that, with that myself. I've done things in my past that, were, that just really still try to mess with my head today. And I have to look at the mirror and I'm like, girl, you stop it. You are forgiven. Now let me say something specifically from God to the men. He said, I will always be present in your life regardless of your choices. I will always be present in your life regardless of your choices. I will always 
be proud of you. I will always be proud of you. See, he's talking from the position of his relationship to you, not your relationship to him. He's just talking to you about how he's going to be in the relationship. The rest is up to you. I will always believe in you. I will always have a purpose for your life. I will always do life with you. And I will never, ever, ever, for any reason, at any time, turn my back on you. Because you're my son. And that's, any, that's for anyone that has asked Jesus to come into their heart. If you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few minutes to do that. And this is for the women. I will always be present and involved in your life. And I will never, ever abandon you for any reason. And I will always take care of you. You can always trust me with the deepest things in your heart. And I promise I will never hurt you. There will never be one moment in your life that I won't love you unconditionally. And finally, I will always protect you. So now you have to reset your heart, reposition it, to believe all those things that he just said. And they're all throughout the Bible. I mean, everything that's in there, I can give you a scripture for it. He's already said it in the Bible. His Bible, the Bible is God speaking to you and to me. He's speaking to you today. Believe the love. Believe it is the answer. Believe you are forgiven. And then finally, believe more in the future that God has for you than you do the past mistakes, the pain, the disappointments repeating themselves. You can never go forward looking back. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 this is my favorite scripture in all the world. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. That means, it doesn't mean you have amnesia and you forget. It means you work with God on getting to a place where your past does not control your future. You don't allow what you've done in the past, what's happened to you, what you did, what others did, to control you. 
because it will paralyze your life today. I want to tell you of a story that ends well, but I want to take you on a journey of a father and his daughter. This father did not live um, where this daughter lived. And as a little girl, she would be sent in the summer to see her father in another state. Rode the bus to see her father. Sometimes when she got to town, he would be around, and sometimes he wouldn't show up at all. And she would stay for two weeks, sometimes three, waiting on him. She'd be spending time with cousins and had some brothers there. She'd see her brothers, but to be honest with you, she always wanted to see her daddy. He'd always been absent in her life. Summer after summer. Not much communication other than that. He would be there sometimes when she showed up. This happened for years. This girl got saved and God began to change her heart and softened her heart towards her dad and she was able to forgive him for being absent, not being there. She started to have compassion for him. She actually led him to Jesus when she was 30 years old. But this relationship was still strained. Probably 20 years after that. She went to see him. And as she was driving away, someone else was driving. As she was driving away, she looked in the rearview mirror. And she saw her dad's heart for the first time. He had tears rolling down his eyes as he waved. She'd never seen him cry. She'd never seen him share his heart. He just was distant. He'd hug her once in a while and mumble, kind of, I love you, if she would say it, but there's no heart connection. Then not long after that, this girl had a conversation with her dad. And that daughter was me. I was adopted, raised by a great father and mother. But all my life, there was something about my dad. I ended up having a conversation with my dad And then I got to see the other side of the story. I got to see the things my dad had to deal with. He'd been an alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. He'd raised himself. And he told me, he said, I had so much shame. I had so much shame about everything I'd done and And come to find out, because my mother died when I was a year old. She died with a heart attack. He'd been blamed for her death. He'd been isolated from my brothers, everybody, all those years. He felt so much shame. He was angry. He was hurt. He was alone. But all we could read was they didn't care about us. He was angry, bitter father. 
But that day, I saw into my father's heart when he told me he just felt ashamed. That day, he forgave himself, and it completely changed our relationship. So why did I tell you that story? Because that's what Isaiah's talking about. What if my dad had been able to do that when I was five or even ten? When you allow the past to paralyze you and hold you in a place, it hides your heart away from those near to you. It's hard to be loved, and it's hard to love. Because my father came across like he could give a rip. But in fact, he cared deeply. But he was hurting so much, and this is what I call anger, he just sent the barking dog to the door. He answered everything with anger. Defensive. He would project what he was feeling onto me. Well, you don't even love me. You don't even care. Do you know what? When we had that talk that day, everything changed. When my dad died, he was in a nursing home. And it was beautiful. I'm sitting up in the bed in his nursing home. And he liked for me to sing, so I'm just singing. I'm singing. And we're eating his favorite, Hershey bars and Coke. (laughs) And we're singing. I'm singing. He couldn't sing at all. I'm singing. But I think, wow. What if I hadn't chosen to forgive him? Or what if he hadn't chosen to forgive himself? Those were beautiful years. They were only like, I think... If I remember correctly, my, probably the best years for five, five before he died. But he could share his heart with me. He would tell me he loved me without, without me saying it. What happened to him? It went beyond him asking Jesus to forgive him. He allowed God to start healing his heart. Because he was hurt too. He didn't have a father. How would he know what a father looked like? He didn't have one. And I personally, this is my opinion, okay, so it's not, probably not, I'm not saying this is what this church believes, but this is just my personal feeling. I believe that men can get a truly bad rap in the culture we have today. It's never enough. Men are not women. They're not, they're not what made the way we are. They're different. They're wired different. They are different. Men need the chance to just be men. The culture tells them they can't cry because that means you're a sissy. But then they come into the church and Jesus wept and they're supposed to share their heart and be real and be up close so that all the confusion is, what am I really supposed to be? 
Today, you hit reset. You let God start to define what you need to be. And if you do, it'll change your family relationships. And there may be some things you need to do different. My dad did change. He started to change. All the things I always wanted him to do, he started to do those things because his heart was unlocked. He hit reset. He got under this love here and started to heal and to change his life. And this is true for anyone, not just fathers. It's true for women. To allow your past, it'll lock you up and throw the key away. But let me say one last thing to fathers. You owe it to your children to let God change you so that you can be present with them. You don't have to be their mother. You're not their mother. And I suppose there could be some fathers that are single, and, and, and you are. And I know there's some mothers that, they're the mother and the dad because they're single. And they don't, I get all of that. There's all different scenarios and situations here. But let God, let God touch you. Let God touch you where you are. And even if you're not a father, all the things I said to you apply. They apply to you if you're not a dad.